0: Hey, everybody, I'm Liz Nord, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. If there's one thing every film production under the sun has in common, it's the need for resources. Whether those come in the form of money, people power, in-kind donations, or all three, we all need them to get our films made, and we all hate to ask for them. But ask we must— And that's why I'm especially excited for today's episode, which will surely ease the burden as my guests share a definitive list of do's and do nots for pitching your next project. Those guests are Molly O'Brien, who's been producing for over 20 years and is now chief business development officer of Fork Films. Daniel Chalfin, who's a multiple Emmy nominated and DuPont winning film and TV producer and a co-founder of Naked Edge Films and Jose Rodriguez, who's the director of documentary programs at the Tribeca Film Institute, where he's responsible for all of its documentary funding. The four of us spoke at this year's Camden International Film Festival, where they were all sitting on the stage hearing and critiquing pitches live at the Points North Pitch, a centerpiece of the festival where six work-in-progress projects are selected to pitch in front of industry heavyweights and an audience of more than 400 people. Between them, Molly, Daniel, and Jose estimate that they've heard over 10,000 pitches. And so we all have a lot to learn from their experiences about how to raise money and get support for our films. So I'd love uh, to start by having you each introduce yourselves and you know a couple lines about your professional background.
1: Uh, hi, I'm Jose Rodriguez. I'm the director of a documentary programs department at Tribeca Film Institute. And I oversee a department where we have six programs. Four of them are for feature documentaries, and two are for documentary shorts. So I oversee their development. Um, we oversee funding support for filmmakers, feature-length docs, and short filmmaker, short-form short film- filmmakers. Um, and we do project development labs throughout Latin America and as well as here in the US.
2: Hi, I'm Molly O'Brien, and I'm the chief business development officer at Fork Films. We are a fund and a production company. Uh, we fund between 10 and 16 independent feature documentary films a year. Um, and that tend to be by women or about women, and which focus on social justice issues. Um, and our production company has the same mandate. I've been there about two years, and prior to Fork, I worked at the Sundance Institute and was an independent documentary film producer.
3: I'm uh, Daniel Chalfin, a founder of and producer at Naked Edge Films, uh, which is a production company based in Boulder in New York. Um, We predominantly do documentaries um, about a half dozen a year, um, produce and executive produce. And more recently, we've also moved into fiction remakes of those.
0: That's exciting. Thrilling. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you, Daniel, because I know you're kind of a, a veteran here at Camden. You all are sitting on the, I guess it would be called industry panel for the pitches here at Camden. What does that mean?
3: I remember the first Ever Camden Pitch Forum a number of years ago, which was a small audience, a small panel, and an interesting number of films. Um, And it's evolved into a large event, and I think possibly a central event of the festival, um, held at the Camden Opera House, which is this beautiful old classic opera house, um, full to the brim of both local film enthusiasts and visiting filmmakers and industry folks, um, and there's a panel. Um, if you think of Shark Tank or uh, something like that, there's a panel of about 12 people at the front on, on the stage with a moderator representing uh, funds, broadcasters, financiers, and six selected projects each pitch. I think they have a 20 minute or 20 minute pitch to the panel, 10 minutes written pitch and trailer, and and then Q and A and kind of. Theoretically constructive comments and criticism from the, uh, our esteemed panel.
0: The esteemed panel, a uh, part of which you... Of us. Each are. Great. Very esteemed. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard you were on the No Film School podcast. I mean, that's when you know you've made it. Um, so how many pitches would you say, approximately, you have each heard in your career? I mean, not just at SIFF, but over the years. Can you even guess? Probably Thousands.
1: Thousands tens of thousands more maybe
2: wow i'm much uh, newer to this side of the table i was a filmmaker for my, most of my career so i was giving mm-hmm. hundreds of
0: pitches and i haven't heard nearly that yet wow um, i'm glad we have people from both sides of the table i mean you i'm sure Jose I, I mean, and i have both sides pitched as, as, well. as well
1: yeah and Jose has a film in the festival this year plugs huh I'm plugging it. Do you um, want to pitch us? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It, now, now I'm kind of seeing what it is from the other side. I'm like the, the reverse uh, with Molly, um, especially to be on a stage to give feedback, like f- tomorrow, for example, and then for that to happen to me today, maybe in the Q and A. You know, just you know, I'm the receiver instead of giving the the feedback, and so it's it's not easy to walk the walk and talk the talk, or you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a very humbling experience.
0: I bet it makes you a better pitch receiver though, you know, in a way,
1: yeah, yeah, like i I know I now know more than before what they go through, what the the struggles and the the courage it is to just bear yourself for these filmmakers tomorrow to pitch their vision um and or just take a meeting and and be in a one on one scenario with a funder and capture their attention and not be too needy and too kind of abrasive or you know it's a tricky balance.
0: Well that's actually what we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of here so I want to start on the on the positive side um, because you've each heard so many and given so many over the years I'd like to hear about a couple that maybe stand out that really you know moved you that you still remember even though you've heard so many and maybe why what what was successful about them.
1: Daniel's smiling. (laughs) Which, what pitch did you do, Daniel, that wowed people, maybe? It's been a while
3: since I've, I've pitched. I mean, my directors pitch all the time, and I work closely with them, uh, and I'm fortunate to have the role of often just introducing them and telling them why I support and like their film rather than uh, actually getting into story. Um, I mean, I mean the, the, there is one that stands out, um, I'm not sure if this will get edited because I don't know if I want it public, but we'll put it in there mm-hmm. in case. Um which was actually just to show sometimes the dissonance between pitchers and panelists. Um and it was actually the very first Camden Pitch Forum and the folks from the MIT Anthropology Doc Lab um pitched what was going what became Leviathan. And I didn't know who they were. That's it's not the type of film I've been involved with and not my taste, frankly. And they pitched it, and, and I kind of crassly said, this is like an artistic uh, big catch or wicked tuner. Turned out to be very offensive to them. But Molly Thompson, who was next to me from A&E, who was next to me on the panel, was also commented that why would they be offended by that, because that's the highest, well, at, the, at the time it was the, the most popular reality show on tv or unscripted show on tv and what that brought up for the discussion is what are you pitching and who are you pitching to um and thinking about who's on the forum and that's who's who's at the table and that's possibly the most challenging thing for a pitch team to this table to, to this table is that usually you would refine your pitch depending on who you're meeting with on a one-to-one basis. But in this case, you're doing a single pitch to a diverse group of funders and supporters who often may look for different things. I think the benefit of that is it makes you sieve your information and look for really the core of what it is you're doing that's most universal. But it's also definitely a challenge. It, you know, maybe in a, way, in a way prohibits you from going too firmly in the direction you may want, you may want to be going.
0: Well, thankfully, there are more and more of those opportunities, right? Like the good pitch and all these opportunities for filmmakers to pitch a whole group of people they might not normally have access to, but it does present sort of an extra challenge, I imagine. What about you two? Are there any pitches that you've heard that were just memorable? Maybe you didn't expect, and then it was like, wow. Well, I mean, something you just said
2: sparked something for me. I was at Good Pitch in November, which was... um right after the election, um, and it was an extremely rainy and gloomy day, and the the room was a really difficult room. Just emotionally, I think everybody had the wind knocked out of them. And there was um, a couple of pitches uh, that day, including a film that we were supporting called Madame Tran's Last Battle, and a film that is showing here, Quest, um, which just, uh, you know, blew just blew the whole room away and uplifted everyone and elevated everyone. And and it felt almost like a magic spell was, especially with the quest pitch, um, was cast over the room. And I I would be presumptive if I knew why that happened. But I do think it had to do with the fact that it was just a couple days after the United States presidential election. And sometimes you can't you know, control the circumstances you're in, but you can capitalize on them. And I think that story of hope, and um, family, and love, and loyalty—that it just sparks something in the room. And so, I guess what I what I want to say is, you need to be not married to a script, not married to you know an outcome but just go in open, you know, know your stuff, know what you want out of it, know what, your, you know what your objective is, but also be open to what's happening in front of you and, and be able to kind of move with that. It's almost like, I think it's almost like surfing. <laughs> you have to ride the wave of whoever's in front of you and there's gonna be different people, they're gonna bring their bad moods into the room, they're gonna bring all their baggage in, and you have to be able to kind of, like a surfer, kind of ride whatever wave you end up on and you can't control that.
1: And be prepared to go slightly off script yeah. based on that. Yeah. Also know your weaknesses and limitations. Like, you know, some a lot of great filmmakers don't pitch well and, and, the, and vice versa. Um, so if you do have even like a, a powerful sample, you do know that maybe this whatever you're going to show to these funders at this forum, that the, the pitch might be just that visual sample that will do more, most of the work for you. And then if you're not as eloquent um, in a public setting, you do know how to balance that. So always know what materials you have, the tools you have before you, and how do you maximize those tools.
0: Okay, so what um, what kind of mistakes or maybe missteps do you see filmmakers make over and over again?
1: I, I never know why they think that, um, well, I mean, maybe I, I kind of get why they do this, but um, bringing props or handouts as they're pitching. I think sometimes they feel that they need to hand out papers of what their project is about as they're speaking, as they're pitching. And so it just creates another level of distraction for whoever's listening. Um, a lot of the times they, um, you know, if, if, if a film relies, documentary relies on an object or some type of prop, they do kind of hand them out. So just like things like that are just overall distracting. And those are trappings that they think, we're going to be, it's going to be endearing to us mm. and we're going to kind of involve ourselves more on the pitch. But in fact, we're just not listening to you pitch the story. Um, so those are things that I think should just be kind of removed, discarded from, <laughs> from some pitches. Yeah.
0: Can you give an example actually? Cause I can't even imagine what Yeah. So would... um,
1: I'm gonna, I think there was, well, there, I remember a long time ago, this European pitch, um, the, the project was about like electromagnetic waves or something It was like a science documentary and all of a sudden the the person's pitching and the mics suddenly went off oh. and so everybody thought that there was something wrong and he's like oh um we'll fix it stand by and and then pe- people were like you know awkwardly like shifting their seats and then it and then after, like, five minutes of stalling, he's like, and this is why, like, it was part <laughs> of, he, it was like a gimmick. Wow. And so it's like, no, that's not, you're not, you're you're just making, you're stalling and you're just making this more kind of, you know, unbearable. Absolutely. And I am and I don't even know, I know what, you know, what your project's about now, but you're still, like, not enchanting me in, to your idea.
3: Yeah, I've seen, a, a particularly some of the really big, pitch forums people bring a gimmick which have shown from the stage and it enables a large audience after to refer to that pitch that pitch stands out but what tends to get remembered is the gimmick and not the story mm-hmm. and the buyers the financiers are not funding a gimmick they're funding a story and i think that comes down to the the essence of pitching which is being incredibly concise and starting off very concisely um if you can't I mean, it's the classic Hollywood cliche, the elevator pitch. If you can't sum up what you're doing and what you want people to invest in or fund or buy in a brief sentence, then there's genuinely and I think legitimately a concern with, with many types of, not with all types of films, with, with, with most types of films, that you're going to be struggling when it comes to production and particularly in editing to find your story. So starting with the, the essence of what you have is a good idea. But I, I come back to you two with a question, though. Um, do you think opening with a question to the panel
1: or or to the audience is a good idea? I guess it depends on what kind of story it is. Usually I think it's... It, I I equate it to like when you were in high school, and then you open an essay with like a quote from like Maya Angelou or something. Kind of like, (laughs) kind of the cheap. I think it's kind of like a too much of a cushion, an easy cushion into a story. I do like it when, um, like, uh, this is an example Uh, in Brazil. I once there was a filmmaker making a story about this um, woman who wrote S and M kind of novels, like very kind of yellow, sensationalistic. Graphic novels, um, like erotic uh, stories, and then she's now like in her seventies. And then he he opened the pitch with being like, "Imagine your 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 favorite grandmother. You love her. She gives you soup. She you know she cares for you when you're sick. She you know gives you five dollars for your birthday. Now imagine that she's an SNM. Like, and then you're like, oh my god. So, <laughs> so you then you, you personalize it. It's just like you're just like." What is going on? What are you saying about my grandmother? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and I'm like, what's then you got my attention. But I, I wouldn't if it I guess the question has to be kind of steeped in something really fascinating. Not not that open ended that I'm kind of in the weeds.
2: I wanna give out a, a shout out to Kat Vecchio who is the head, um, the director of our grants-making program at Fork Films, and she really is the one who's in the trenches listening to more pitches than I am. We do it together at times at Hot Talks. We did it together a bit this year, Uh, but she's really the expert. And one of the things I've heard her say to um, filmmakers when she's kind enough to give them uh, her time um, before pitching, there's an IFP week next next week in New York, and we've had a couple filmmakers come in and talk to her directly um, about Oh, how they should approach each broadcaster and a lot of them are very 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 nervous you know what should i do for cnn and should i should i what about hbo and then there's there's jose from tribeca and i'm i'm meeting with daniel and i she she kind of takes a deep breath and she explains to them that this is their film and their vision and they can't crowbar it around different network you know mandates or platforms or different funders and they may it may not work for for Tribeca, and that's okay, but it's still great to make the connection to have it a conversation to present your vision to be clear and concise, as Daniel says, and to really um, be strong and confident in that and not try to bend yourself around the buckets that all of these different platforms and funders put up on their website as as what they're interested in. Does that
3: make sense, yeah. It makes sense, but I'd kind of counter that. I
0: was going <laughs> to say, because Daniel had mentioned earlier, you know, actually one of the strengths in terms of a good picture might be really understanding who you're speaking to and kind of... Of
2: course, I agree with that, absolutely. You have to do your research, you have to know who you're talking to, and you, and you, can, you, can, you, can, you can elevate some, you know, element of your story. If there's an environmental element in your story and you're talking to Vulcan, you should absolutely emphasize the environmental element, but you can't turn it into an environmental story when it's really um, something else. So you can... Lift the parts that connect mm-hmm. but to change your log line or rewrite your pitch or have different scripts for each person is, is, is insane and actually you can start to lose your vision and I've seen films as they go through the funding process and they rewrite their treatments over and over they come back to you next year and you're reading it and you're like wait a minute this isn't what you said it was What's, it's important to have the confidence to stick to your vision
3: part of your vision should also be knowing who you want to fund and who you want to acquire the film absolutely and so, if you think your vision doesn't quite align with a funder you'd like to have as a partner or a broadcast you'd like to have as a as, as a media outlet, then I'd say for those meetings, you sh- you should bend your bend your pitch to something that's going to attract them, um, and and work out beforehand really if your vision does fit, if your creative and your business visions do actually merge.
2: There's the, there's the
1: rub. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think there's there should be a level of hustling from the part of the. Producer, filmmaker, but ultimately, in terms as we're talking about, you know, the do's and don'ts of pitching, you are looking when you're pitching, you're looking for a partner, collaborator, you know. And speaking for TFI, um, we do want to support that filmmaker in this project, and then hopefully in many more to come. Mm -hmm. So there, we appreciate the hustling and the the maneuvering that filmmakers do to like get get money from us. Like that takes balls and courage mm-hmm. um but ultimately we wanna we wanna make it you know have it be like this is your story so we're giving you ten thousand dollars for that story because we love it we just don't want it to become something that we you know you were trying to like manipulate or whatever
3: sure but, and as part of the, the bigger picture a pitch meeting about one film can actually be strategically a meeting about your next film Absolutely. so yeah, for sure
2: you always show up no matter what even if it's not a per- perfect match yeah
0: I think that's true of grants too. You know, you apply anyway because then maybe they remember you the next time, or the sec- or they invite you back, or you know, you just got to get out there, which might be a hard thing for filmmakers to hear. But it's that's mm-hmm. the brass tacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what about the actual content? We've kind of talked about the ways of delivering pitches that may be a turnoff, but um, what are things people do either that are successful or unsuccessful? Like, for example. Um, and again, I get that it's going to vary by film, but like, do you, you know, does it tend to be more successful if you get really personal about why I'm the one to tell the story, or is it really that you want to talk about the story, or is that you want to talk about the background of the story, or is that you want to talk about the vision? Like, you have maybe two minutes or seven minutes. What do you want to focus on? I would be
1: so happy if people stop using Philip Glass for samples. That that's like they should be fined. Filmmaker should be fine. It's like Philip Klaas is like the, the the number one placeholder for temp music and so you're, samples. So you're
0: talking about pitch videos. Well, yeah, just okay.
1: content-wise in right. terms of like whether you're submitting to a funder or screening the sample in Points North Forum or anything. Um, I mean, that's where you, you were – when you said content, that's where you're going or – Either way. Okay. I was
0: talking about the verbal content, like oh. what you're saying in your pitch. But, okay. of course, these pitch videos are a critical piece Right. Too. I mean
1: – I mean, you have to kind of seduce the audience with your verbal your verbal content, your verbal pitch. But um, the, the sample just has to be something kind of cohesive, standalone. Um, and you also have to do that tricky balance of whatever you're communicating on the sample shouldn't be re- repeated and communicated when you're pitching verbally. So you have to com- kind of complement what you're screening and vice versa.
2: I've seen um, a couple of examples in the last couple of years that I've been to Fork, um, where the pitch reel doesn't match the verbal or the written material at all, hmm. or or it just they seem like two different movies, and um, that's revealing the creative process, which is completely fine, but it puts a seed of doubt in the funder's mind, like what they're not what they're saying out loud, what they're writing on the on the one sheet doesn't match what they're what's up on the screen. Um they're both good, but they're different movies, so you have to make sure that they also kind of chime with one another
3: yeah so video content um it's very i think it's very easy to make a trailer with great visual effects uh, uplifting music um and good sound bites
0: philip glass <laughs> philip
3: glass perfect but that but, but that's not reflective of what the that gives nothing away about what the style of the film is going to be, what the tone is going to be um and often even what the trajectory is going to be um so Personally, I'm often put off by a trailer um, because the, the, if you're going to get involved with a film, you need to know as soon as possible the, the depth that film reaches on on multiple levels, and a trailer doesn't do that. In terms of content, and back to your question, I think, I think yes, absolutely. Once a filmmaker has, um, and I say filmmaker specifically because that's producer or director, um, has spoken given given a concise outline and a concise synopsis, there's absolutely room for why that person is the right person to 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 to, to be doing this film, and why they have the access, why they have the history, the capacity, the capacity, the professional ability to do so. And then the other thing, presenting content, it's very often teams, and work that out. And one thing that always strikes me, in life in general, but also on, on the pitch stage, is if you're a male and female team, the male must stop interfering when the woman is talking. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I Leave it there.
2: <laughs> yeah, the talking
0: over, it's a hard one. You only have a few minutes. What are, what's sort of the essential stuff to include when there's so much you could say about your film? I think often what, what the, the gold is is the
2: access that you have, and Daniel already mentioned that, and, and also why now why this film why now and why you why 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 are you making this film there has to be a sense of urgency especially I think if you're trying to do something more commercial for a, a commercial platform and it's not just an art piece which is completely legitimate as well but um, there needs to be an urgency to the pitch like mm-hmm. we have to do this now and it's it, it's timely it's urgent and it has to be me because I'm the only one who can do this you have to I think it's important to say that.
0: That's really great advice. I like the the urgency piece
3: you, you have to be careful with the urgency as well because when you're pitching a film at an early stage, it's not going to be available to be seen for a year or two after that. so urgency is correct, but it's the urgent, it's well it's not the urgency of it being broadcast tomorrow. It's the urgency yeah. of us making this film now.
0: Correct. Correct. What about um folks who might be working on films that are less urgent but will be wonderful to have in the world. You know, I think I hear a lot from filmmakers who say, well, my doc isn't really political or it's not really a social issue, but it's this beautiful portrait of someone who's going to leave us soon or, you know, whatever it is. How do they compete or modify their pitches when other people's films really are immediate and urgent and must be made?
1: I think they're still urgent, like as Daniel just said, in the sense of the urgency from the industry standpoint to get on board. Um and you you do see that often at forums where you know it's it's also like a also kind of showmanship the pitching forum so you a lot of the times somebody raises their hand and says I'm gonna con- commit to funding um, and some people do that and then that instigates like good pitch does it really well and so that instigates other people to like you know take a meeting with you so it can be this artful, very intimate, character-driven documentary, not necessarily an urgent social issue, but there is, I think, there still is space for the urgency for to support it because it's a fascinating character, because the access is incredible, and nobody else has that. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, every documentary should be a story.
3: So the issue is irrelevant in the big picture and the small picture. It's that will affect who funds it and who distributes it and who programs it but in but this it's all about the story, so if you can if, if in pitching you can say why this story, then th- that's that's plenty we're, we're I'm in, involved with a film now, an Uruguayan film called Flo de La Vida, um, which is about an octogenarian couple who um are going through a divorce after sixty years of marriage, mm-hmm. um, and so there's kind of nothing politically or socially urgent but it's a very beautiful film but um when they pitched it at a sundance um edit lab last year and they came to the pitch to to, to, they came to give deliver their pitch uh to a group of filmmakers at the end at the end of the day after all the others had spoken about their uh, kind of major political and social issues and they were like what are we coming to the table with this doesn't seem to fit here and as a consequence of this pitch and then a discussion was actually finding all the urgent and social and political relevances of that, um, which, I, you know, so I, I think everything has its importance and urgence and relevance. You've just got to think where you want to be re- Be realistic about where you want that to go.
0: I think um, everything you've said kind of points to this, but maybe we can say things in a nutshell. Are there, you know, Molly, you mentioned the word magic, Earlier, are there certain qualities or or things that happen during pitches where you get that like, like what are the elements where you go? That's probably going to be successful. I should get on board.
2: I think uh, you know, for me, and I'm only speaking for me. When I'm connecting with a filmmaker personally, and I'm really hearing what they're and they're hearing what they're saying, I think magic happens when communication is actually landing, being processed, and then coming back out. Often. People glaze over uh, because of nerves, and they kind of spew out this this script that's been memo- and memorized, and it's not really landing on me, and I'm not really understanding. Um, so the magic happens when the connection happens with the funder, with the programmer, and that means being present in the room. It's almost the same as an actor, and this is an acting lesson. You need to be in the now and present when you're communicating. Your ideas and your story, and that's when magic can happen and connection can happen.
1: It's also it, because it's such a courageous thing to do, you know, such a you know intimidating thing to do. Um, even like the the genuine kind of body language of the the pitcher, the filmmaker, if they're nervous, it's it just sometimes even they might think that that's like a point against them, that they're like flustered or whatever. Sometimes it's endearing and and. I, me as a funder might take a meeting with that filmmaker because you can see the genuine interest in the project kind of flowing out of them. Um, So sometimes that is like an advantage just to be yourself. And it's kind of like a balance of, you know, you're performing, but you, you don't want to be this ingenuous. You don't want to like seem way too desperate to, Get funding or get attention is just it's a super tricky balance.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about uh, last year's pitch forum, exactly a year ago. Um, the winner of the pitch forum was uh, a film called The Feeling of Being Watched, and the director was a, a woman called Asi Bundawi. And there was this this great photo somehow leaked by I think I know who, and he runs the pitch the Points North Pitch Forum, of the green room after where the, all the panelists are voting on the on the film. And everyone has their hand in the air, and I'm sitting there with like this grumpy face and my hands tightly folded. Um, and it was very clear what the what the the message of that um,
1: of oh that image goodness.
3: was. Um, afterwards, I then got stuck at the airport with the director, who was a wonderful woman, and we're now exactly producing her film. Wow! Um, <laughs> and, and and the photo came <laughs> to the me. Film. The photo came to me through her. Um, so, but it was great. And so I then thought a lot about why why I had so much why I'd been oppositional to that, winning the pitch. Um, and which was really interesting because it was reflecting on elements of my own baggage and what I wanted to come out of the story um, and things like that. But also because I, it's a really important and a really incredible story. And she's not just the right person to tell it, but a, a brilliant storyteller and journalist. But I wanted more. And it took more than the 20 minutes of pitching for me to get where I wanted to go.
0: That's so interesting. So what does a filmmaker listening to this take away from that story?
3: I'm always wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, what I hear, um, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but what I hear is like, even if that first pitch doesn't necessarily land, you know, as long as you intrigue someone, or, you know, maybe you can then follow up, like, don't give up, basically.
3: A pitch is the beginning of a relationship. It's not the end of a relationship. It's like a there are some folks I've dealt with who who treat a contract as the beginning of a relationship that's wrong a contract is a contract but a pitch is is the beginning of a relationship and um I, I think you can see eight ten twelve pitches in a day and like any or all of them but there'll only be a small percentage of those that you're going to want to have follow-up conversations with and anything that draws an emotional response from you, whether that's positive or negative, you've got to reflect and say, why am I responding to that? Why am I still thinking about that? And pursue the conversation. It's important for the filmmakers that they should, however they were treated or responded to by uh, people they pitched to, they should be writing to them afterwards and thanking everybody and asking for a follow-up meeting and asking if they want more material. Uh, Common courtesy, but also because what you heard or what you think you heard is not necessary what the person responding was saying. And that can always be, should always be clarified.
0: Um, Molly and Jose, do you have any last uh, words of advice for filmmakers preparing pitches or who have given a pitch and maybe are unsure what to do next?
2: I think the best advice is just to take a deep breath and be confident in, in your story and your vision and communicate it as clearly and as presently as you can. Follow up and say thank you and then move on.
1: And I guess we're we know bite. We don't. We're not intimidating. We're not scary. Um, we we we're in the business of finding f- great stories and filmmakers. So always like try to approach us like within the context. You know, send a business card. Let's talk. But there is no real barrier necessarily. At least speaking for myself, and I'm sure for Molly and Daniel probably. Um, so always reach out and don't feel the need to. Um, you know apply and d- d- not talk to us like be transparent and be available because we're available to hear pitches
0: thank you all so much this was so insightful i think our listeners are going to get a lot out of it thank you pleasure thank you for listening if you like what you heard please rate the no film school podcast with five stars on itunes and subscribe while you're there You can hear lots of other fascinating conversations about the craft of filmmaking there or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And of course, by visiting us at nofilmschool.com. Don't miss our Indie Film Weekly News Show, which comes out every Thursday morning and catches you up on everything you might have missed when you were busy making films. Meanwhile, stay in touch. You can reach me on Twitter at LizFilm and we are on Twitter at NoFilmSchool. See you on Thursday.